Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You don't have to think too far back to remember. No. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so the only two that have dairy. The restaurant scene has come a long way since 2020. When restaurants were forced to close and COVID restrictions, fear of the virus, instability and layoffs drove customers and employees away from the food industry. It was incredibly frustrating. Many restaurants adapted and survived. I think that's what that year kind of required people to do. For others, the pandemic was too much. Without those loans or grants, we would not have kept our doors open. More than a year later, customers are back. The meatballs. But workers are not. Let me grab you some silverware. It's just been so busy and they can't keep up. Costs to keep the restaurants going are up and so are food prices. It's hard to predict anything (laughs) post-COVID. And some restaurant owners are getting desperate. It's really bad right now. I have owners calling me up crying. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus, KSL TV's digital-only news show and podcast, where we take you beyond the headlines. I spoke to Michelle Carigliano with the Salt Lake Area Restaurant Association. Here's what she had to say about what owners are going through right now. It's been several months since I spoke to you last. How is the restaurant industry doing, specifically in Salt Lake City right now? It is worse than ever. It, you know, there was a small uptick when kids got out of college, but we really haven't seen a huge improvement. I still get three to four calls a day begging me to find them cooks, servers, um, specifically kitchen help is a big is a big area that people are lacking. And it's not just a problem in the kitchen. So food suppliers can't find enough truck drivers. So I, I heard of one major uh, food distributor that actually cut all their smallest accounts because they can't service them because they don't have enough truck drivers to bring the food to the restaurants. So what happens is prices are going to have to rise because they have to make it up somewhere, too. At the same time, business is up. You're very welcome. Customers are eating out. People are going out in droves right now. People have been stir-crazy over the last year. And some restaurants are struggling to keep up. It's bad. It's really bad right now. I, I have owners calling me up crying, saying, please send me a dishwasher. Please send me a line cook. 
I, I don't know what else to do. And, and really, their, their businesses are on the line. Their livelihoods are on the line. Because if they can't find enough employees to generate enough income to pay their fixed costs, then they're going to lose their business. They're not going to be able to pay their bills. So it is dire right now. What have you found is the reason? What are restaurant owners saying about you know, this struggle? To well, workers? you know what? The, uh, the extra unemployment benefits ended. We didn't see any kind of benefit to that. Um, we think that a lot of people left the industry, and we're just trying to find new people to come join us. Left the industry and decided, I don't need to come back. They left for more permanent jobs where it wasn't affected by day-to-day upswings. You know, more, more steady jobs, I guess you could say. And it's not for lack of trying. How desperate are some of these restaurant oh, owners getting I have workers? seen up to $2,000 signing bonuses. I have people offer me $500 just to get them a cook that they're paying $18 an hour. You know, I don't take it, of course, but, you know, it's, it's, people are just desperate. Um, wage, okay, here's one thing. People like to say, well, it's because... Um, Restaurants don't pay living wages. Well, we don't think that that's true because the ones that are making less than minimum wage do make tips, and they make far more than minimum wage, $20, $30 an hour most of the time. And um, back of house, we've seen uh, hourly rates go up at least 50 to 75% from previous times. We spoke with Sibley Wozmack. She's a modern dancer and artist who worked as a server. I mean, you essentially become a caretaker. Before the restaurant she worked at closed in December. And you have to not only care for this person, but you have to sort of cater to their personalities so that you yourself can get a good tip because some people will just tip based off of your merit. They don't give a care if you did a physically good job. She's one of those former servers who shifted careers during the pandemic and is now working as a phlebotomist. She enjoyed working as a server and felt like it gave her the flexibility to pursue her real passion, dance, while still making a living. We essentially gave movement experiences and movement classes to seniors with dementia. And for a while, it felt like, oh, I really like this. This is really good. Uh, And then, unfortunately, we had to close through the pandemic as well. Um, But also, I kept a second job just to be able to do it, do that job. Even though it was absolutely wonderful, it still wasn't as, it still wasn't making as much money as my restaurant job. For her, the shift to a new career wasn't just about the money, but stability. In phlebotomy, I, I know I'm going to get paid no matter what. I know I can do the exact job I did from one patient to another and know that I'm going to put in my 100%. And as long as I do that, no one is going to financially degrade me at all. <laughs> Whereas in serving, someone could I could look at someone's girlfriend wrong, or I could I could make a noise that was discomforting to the whole table and it it would affect my t- my entire pay. We would have some servers that would make a big sum and some servers that would make very little depending on you know it doesn't matter how hard you tried with each table it just sometimes works out that way so that's the only downfall to making tips. Uh, someone might get a 20, 20 person table and be done with making their money and about an hour and a half, and some people would have to work a whole six-hour or an eight-hour shift in order to make the same sum. 
I've had tables where I did my best and for some reason they didn't think I was far enough and I've been left with a dollar from $140 table. It's happened before. It really is not fair. And COVID made an even bigger impact on knowing how much money she'd go home with at the end of the night. I personally went from making a really good sum of between like $100 and $150 per night to just about sometimes maybe 50 you know but you had to work really hard for it you had to stay long hours for it and so that was getting kind of crazy with the shift in customers and there was the worry about covid itself it was also kind of um confusing through the the whole experience being able to figure out when what am i making the customer feel safe are they making me feel unsafe it was kind of the first time wherever i thought like Someone's putting, if they decide to just come in and eat without a mask, like, I I know I have to get over it. I still have to serve them. But this is really frustrating. Like, they're, they are touching the silverware that you set, you know, and they are touching everything that you have to clean up. And so it was sort of a little frustrating when people did not want to comply with the CDC's requirements of staying safe. A study out of the University of California, San Francisco, found that line cooks were more likely to catch and die of COVID than even healthcare workers, seeing a 60% increase in mortality rates during the first seven months of the pandemic. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to see all of you. Last week, Governor Cox, in his monthly press conference, said the focus should be more on getting people out of low-paying jobs and into higher-paying ones. And like employment issues we addressed earlier this month in the agriculture and construction industries, this is also an immigration issue. Another big thing that's happening is the lack of immigrants. Um, J-1 status has been drastically reduced, so we're not getting in the influx from other countries that we normally get. Wait, talk, talk about that, actually. I'm not yeah. sure what that is. So we just did a press conference on this last week. Immigration has been so contra- um, constrained during the last year that now the people just aren't coming in like they were. You know, there are a lot of, well, illegal immigrants that were deported. Now, no, we're not getting that influx back. Also, the legal status has not been increased, so the, the um, quotas have not been increased since the last presidential administration. So we just don't have enough back of house, which is usually... Um, Immigrants. Yeah. So you have more customers coming more, to doors. More than ever. Uh, uh, you know, especially after a pandemic where, you know, they, they lost so much and there weren't as many people going out. But then you don't have workers to actually fill these yeah. vacancies. Right? I just had, just in the last week, I had two people call me and say, hey, I've got a problem with one of your member restaurants. You know, we went and wanted a table and they said it was an hour and a half wait. But I looked in the restaurant and half their restaurant was empty. And we, you know, there's a, they have a problem with that. And what they don't understand is there's not enough servers to take care of people. So they have to close off entire sections of restaurants just to be able to have enough employees to serve what, who they have. Otherwise, it's a worse situation because people are coming in and they'll wait two hours for their meal.
also spoke to the owner of Laziz Kitchen. My name is Moody, M-O-U-D-I. Who feels fortunate, but still finds himself in a similar situation as many other restaurant owners. It'll be five years in October. Okay. Yeah. How's it been? It's been great. It's yeah. been really good, yeah. COVID was hard for ev- for everybody, and um, we kind of ad- adjusted really well, and I think that's what that year kind of required people to do, is to really kind of adapt as best as they can. And so we went through a lot of changes, a lot of to-goes. Um, we did cut a lot of staff hours as well. Did you have to lay people off, or did people leave along a the way? A mix of everything, yeah. yeah. A mix of everything. So it yeah. is rough. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it this way or you can look at it as a way to kind of grow within limitations. And that's the path I chose to see it as. Well, you survived that. Yeah. Uh, now we're kind of in recovery mode. Yeah. Um, but we have this situation, it seems like, with restaurants where there are a lot of openings, maybe not as many workers to fill. What's, yeah. what's your current situation like? In talking to other places, we're incredibly fortunate to be at an almost full staff. But I know it's just really hard across the board, and we still go through our challenges. Like, we need to hire about two to three cooks right now, a couple of um, servers too. And what you have to understand is you can't expect in this type of industry that your cooks will be there forever. It's sort of a cycle. Uh, So you're always constantly having to adjust. Uh, It's just a bit harder to find people right now, especially professionals. Talk about that a little bit more, just the comparison between, you know, three years ago finding someone to work here and trying to find someone today. Yeah, so three years ago you could hire a cook at $12 an hour and you had a lot of cooks wanting to work. So you were able to fill a position in a matter of days, or right? Now, um, what you'll you'll start to see, and it's happening. Prices at restaurants will go up, and they have been too, because now you can't really hire a cook at twelve at twelve an hour. So you have to pay more than that. Food costs are up too, and so people are really paying for those costs. Um, not not just the food, but to really stay open. And so a lot of people like to blame um, unemployment, and I think that's a cheap shot for companies that don't want to take uh, the responsibility to actually pay people a fair wage, um, which you truly have to do because costs in Salt Lake are a lot higher. You can't pay somebody 7 to 25 and and expect them to survive and two um you wouldn't want to hire the people that don't want to come because of unemployment anyways so that's an argument to me that's just an easy group of people to to blame because you you don't want to do the work to actually ensure that you find the right people and that's not even a factor anymore the unemployment benefit no, is exactly Gone. Yeah, so like we we pay our cooks 15 an hour and now we're restructuring things where uh, we tip pool between servers and cooks to ensuring that on average all of our employees at least make between 16 to 18 an hour because you can't live at anything less than that. And it's just a 
to me, it's a really conscious way of trying to operate, but it comes with its challenges. But at least I know that I'm not abusing someone's time. And it sounds like you're you're competing also. It seems like with people who maybe left the industry、uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and maybe need more of an incentive to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the kind of world we're in. You you really have to. We we can't, and not that this is something that we did here personally, but you can't just、um, we can't just operate on a strictly capitalistic structure where you、um, take advantage of people because they need jobs. I think people have now kind of woken up to the idea that they are valued a lot more than what we used to pay them, and. This is something I am in line with too, as a person who owns a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. restaurants need to adjust and adapt to take care of their people a lot more than we used to in in the past, because it truly is a family, and we would not be here without our staff. I can't run the whole show. That that would be impossible. You need them. You're trying to take better care of them. But I, I'm assuming that it's a struggle. I, I assume because I know that with restaurants, you know, the profit, the margin isn't that great, right? It's not that high, and、um, that's why you're seeing prices go up.、Yeah. Have you had to raise your prices? We certainly did. Yeah,、um, we we now pay more for labor. We pay we pay more for food.、Um, yeah, it's it's just the、uh, prices across. The board are going up, and I think what people need to understand is when you come to eat to eat a meal, and they say, "Oh my God, eight dollars for fries! A potato costs you a dollar." Well, you're not just paying for a potato; you're paying for the insurance, for rent, for gas, for people, for food costs, for somebody to bring the food to you, to wash your plate. Um, there's just a lot more cost involved in that. It's going to cost you a lot higher now to go out and eat than it used to five years ago because everything is just way more expensive now. How are you? How are other neighbors, friends in the in the industry doing? Are you seeing people that are struggling a little bit more? It's it's tough. Yeah, I mean there are not enough cooks. There aren't enough、um, servers. It's been hard, and the amazing thing is, is that now that hopefully most people are vaccinated and life is by is is back to some sort of normalcy, so now we have a lot more people that live here that want to go out and eat, and not enough people to make the food or to work the jobs. When you're looking for cooks, when you're looking for these workers,、yeah. what、uh, what experience do they need? Do they need experience? Yes, I mean cooking at home is not the same as cooking at a restaurant. So experience is great.、Um, what I look for mostly is really personality. Our kitchen is unlike most restaurants. You won't see swearing or shouting or yelling or a lot of like anger.、Um, that's a red line for me. Because we're all about inclusion and acceptance and compassion and kindness and love, and so our kitchen is really yes, you need experience, but also, are you the kind of person that can find an inner state of peace among the chaos? 
And if you can maintain that and still be kind to everybody, then this is a place for you. Yeah. So we're kind of like cornering ourselves more into finding the right people, but it's not worth hiring the wrong person just because you need to get the work done and then you sacrifice the culture, you know? With the way things are now, where do you see yourself in a few months, six months, a year? Still here, working away, yeah. Yeah. In a better spot, like with the restaurant, or yeah, um, I don't really believe things get worse ever. They're always progressing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just how you choose to look at it, um, and I always choose to look at things as maybe a struggle, but underneath all of that, there's like a gift hiding. So I'm not concerned about being in a bad space. Because even COVID, which we thought was like the worst thing that could happen, was quite a blessing and allowed us to grow in a smarter way. So things don't happen to you. They happen for, for you. And so if in a year we're struggling harder, then there's like something beyond that that um, we need to go through in, in order to see and understand. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to so you can stay happy and peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.